All right, welcome to the Pineapple Couch with B Rob. I am B Rob, and on today's episode, we got a lot of stuff in store for you. I'm going to be joined by my dad to start it off, and we're going to take a look at the college football slate this weekend, talk a little bit about Tua's injury, unfortunately, and then maybe take a look at the futures for whoever's going to win the college football playoff. And then later in the show, I will be joined by Big Dog. We will be talking about Philip Rivers and the media and the stories that have been going on this week. We will be talking about NFL storylines, and then we'll be taking a look at NFL Week 12 already, I think. Yeah, that's sad. And we're going to be taking a look at those games and giving you some best bets and just hashing it out what we think. Again, this is the Pineapple Couch. You can subscribe on iTunes. And also, we really want to start getting this voicemail thing going. So you can send in a voicemail. You can text it to me if you have my number, or you can DM me on Twitter at Rob Stark, maybe like a voice memo of maybe some sort of question you have or a take you have, maybe something you disagree with us on or agree. You can be nice too. Um, and send that to me because we really want to get those going and have those be a feature of every show. All right, enough of me rambling. Let's get into college football. This is the Pineapple Couch. All right, this is the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. I am joined by my father, Jeff. Jeff, how you doing? It's always good to be on the Pineapple Couch. Oh, it's great to hear that. Um, we're going to do a little college football to start off the show today. Going to go through a little storylines and then move into this weekend's slate. We're going to start with the Tua injury. Tua is a hip injury, the same as Bo Jackson, and that effectively ends Alabama's season. Um, what... Do you think Alabama has any shot in hell to do anything without Tua? I don't know. Yeah, I think they can still beat Georgia. Um, if they beat Georgia and win the SEC, they're going to have a strong case to be in the playoffs. They put more people into the NFL than anybody. True. They still have massive offensive linemen, and I would assume that they were able to recruit more than one decent quarterback. I have no idea who the backup yeah. is. So the backup situation is they have Jerry Jones – grandson or nephew something like that and then they also have Tua's younger brother who Christo thinks is going to be better than Tua but I don't think they're going to waste a year of his eligibility this year just to throw him in but we will see um let's go into the top four looking at the college playoff you have um LSU at the number one spot Ohio State Clemson and Georgia Ohio State is the favorite to win the national title um I'll show you the odds right here does anything stick out to you and have any value in that top four? And you can look, you can see the contenders looking in are Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma still has a shot, I guess. Well, I agree Ohio State's the favorite. They're the best team I've seen. LSU is really good, but I like Ohio State. As a money line guy, Alabama at plus 1,200 is something I would think about carefully because – Top to bottom, they have the best recruiting classes pretty much every year. That team is going to be stacked with talent, and I wouldn't just throw them out the window. But if I was going to pick one, Ohio State at plus 180. That means you almost double your money for betting on Ohio State. That's a very attractive bet. I'm not saying that LSU and Clemson aren't really good, attractive bets also. They are, but... I like the Ohio State at plus 180. I don't like Georgia at all. I think they're not going to be there at the end. I think Alabama will beat them in the SEC championship. Yeah, I'm um, looking at that. I The thing that stuck out to me is 
it does appear that Ohio State is the best team in the country. So, and like you said, you're almost doubling your money. The thing that really stood out to me, though, is Clemson at plus 275 because Clemson doesn't really have the wear and tear that any of these other teams do. LSU, and you could use that against them as well, but LSU is going to be in Ohio State are going to have huge games down the stretch here against ranked teams, and Clemson is really going to be able to chill until the playoff, and that's what they do every year. They slowly build. They have a great coach. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I do like them at plus 275 because I do like Trevor Lawrence. Um, I agree. Two, one thing, last thing about this is how much it sucks about the Pac-12. So Utah would have been in the top four if they didn't lose to fucking USC. And Oregon loses to Auburn in the beginning of the year. So just the Pac-12 always just fucks itself in this way. Do you see... I mean, I guess there's a realistic shot Oregon or Utah could get in if Georgia loses. Do you like that? I mean, because you got plus 1,600 for Oregon. They're both good teams. I don't think they're of the same caliber as the other teams you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Utah's really good. I like they are. Utah. They're, Defense they're a good number, team. Like, four in the country or something. Oregon, I don't know what to make of them. I just They look really good. But I don't know if I believe. Yeah, I mean, because Oregon, I mean, it gets to a certain point of the year when Oregon's favored by 34 points a game against these crappy Pac-12 teams. So it's hard to really get a gauge on where they're at. Um, but a good gauge of finding out where people were at was this past weekend, the Oklahoma-Baylor game. Baylor was not put in the top 10, even though they were undefeated. A lot of people chirping about how they were getting robbed. And they blow a 28-3 lead. To Oklahoma I don't think I think this the main thing I took away from this game is that it shows Baylor was overrated and also Oklahoma isn't as good as some people thought because Oklahoma if it wanted a chance to go into that top four they had to go and beat the piss out of Baylor right probably I mean barring some weird things happening in conference championship games yeah and so I thought that was a, a letdown for Oklahoma because I thought it was a good spot for them to try and go make a big statement they did win but I just think the statement was more on Baylor's collapse rather than Oklahoma's comeback um, other storylines Minnesota waves goodbye to its undefeated season they lose to Iowa at home that's a tough place to play I think that was the Minnesota's best season in 85 years, 100 years. What's their coach's name? Have you seen that guy? He well, looks really funny. Yeah, well, he was, I'm pretty sure, crowd surfing after they beat Penn State on the field. He, he looks like so the opposite of that guy. He's like he all, lo he looks like he's wound really He looks like tight. the guy from Hot Tub Time Machine. Lugal? Lou? Yeah, he does look like <laughs> The guy, he's also in Ballers. I don't know his acting. But quickly, name. going back to your comment about Oregon and Utah um, I think there's no way if you put Oregon or Utah on the same field as Ohio State LSU or um, Clemson, Clemson Georgia I don't know about Georgia but those other three they crush those teams they do they do and so um Right now, I mean, we can just briefly touch on the Heisman. I don't think it's going to be much of a contest. Joe Burrow's already at minus 1,200. He's probably going to run away with it unless LSU absolutely collapses. So there's that. And now let's look into this weekend slate. We're going to start it off at Ohio State. we got Penn State at Ohio State. Um, Ohio State is favored by 18.5. The over-under in this game is 58. And I think Ohio State absolutely smacks Penn State in this game. I see a lot of people saying how this might be close. Um, Penn State is 1-6 in their last seven games versus Ohio State. Am I wrong to think that, Dad? 
I completely agree. I think Ohio State is going to destroy them. I think right I mean, we just talked about this, how we think they're the best team in the country. I mean, I think this is a great chance for them to just go beat the shit out of Penn State, potentially move up to the number one ranking after this week if they do that. I mean, I would lay the 18 and a half. Um, I'm not going to say that's like a best bet, but I I think Ohio State kills them. I also think it probably goes over 58, but actually, I don't know. Ohio State has a damn good defense, so they could really stifle Penn State there. Ohio State has a top five home defense. And Penn State's road offense isn't awful, but it's not great. And I think that Ohio State is more talented from top to bottom, and that will tell over the course of the game. I could see Penn State, I mean, Ohio State winning by 40. Yeah, I I completely agree. I could see it, too, as it's like 43-3 to three or something, so it doesn't even hit the over. But... Um, all Ohio Penn State, State will there. struggle to score. Yeah, I agree. So now let's go to Texas at Baylor. Baylor's favored by six in this game. Um, Baylor coming off the huge letdown loss to Oklahoma, effectively ending their Cinderella run at potentially a bowl or a college playoff spot. Um, I kind of like Texas in this spot as the money line dog. Uh, Texas is sixteen and four in the last twenty versus Baylor. Um, I like Texas' quarterback, and I do think Baylor is going to have like a huge – instead of like bouncing back after that loss, I think they might be more defeated. Am I wrong there, Dad? What are you thinking? Um, it's not so much that I like Baylor. It's more that I really dislike Texas. Uh, I don't believe in them at all. I especially don't believe in them on the road. I don't really like this game from a betting perspective, but if I did, I would bet Baylor. The Big 12 is so weird. It's yeah. impossible to figure out from week to week who's going to put up 40. Usually it's both of them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the over, I don't have the number right in front of me, but generally the Big 12 is going to go over. Let's move on to another game. We got the Lovey Smith led Illinois at Iowa. <clears throat> Iowa just took care of Minnesota. Um, Iowa is favored by 15.5, um, but I really like Lovey Smith in this. I'm not saying take the money line, but you're, if you can take Illinois plus 15.5, Illinois is 7 3 against the spread this year. They beat Wisconsin. They, who was the other team that uh, Illinois beat? Illinois. It was in back-to-back weeks. They took out Wisconsin was and it Michigan, or Michigan State. Michigan State. I think it was Michigan State, something like that. They've had some big wins. Yeah. So I love uh, Illinois plus fifteen and a half this year. Um, Iowa. I feel like their offense can't score. Is or I mean their offense can score. I just don't think it's that efficient to really lay fifteen and a half points there. Um, do you have any thoughts on this? There, every year I fall in love with a few teams. Illinois is the team that one of the teams that I really like. Illinois, I think they've overachieved. Lovey Smith mm-hmm. has done an incredible job there. Iowa is a tough team. They're a big team. Especially They're playing at, Iowa. at home. I don't like Illinois in this game. On the other hand, I don't like the 15-point spread. So, all things being equal, plus 475 on Illinois the money line you're not betting that expecting to win but if you do you're gonna get paid so that's the only thing i would sniff at in that game but i expect iowa to win but you know they're gonna ground and pound you so 15 points is a lot to give up in a big 10 that's exactly what i'm thinking um next game we got here we got michigan at indiana michigan uh, is favored by 10 points indiana has had a surprisingly good year i 
have been up and down about Michigan all year, but I'm on the I'm up on Michigan right now. I think Michigan is rolling. I don't think Michigan is going to lose until they play Ohio State because I think that that's going to be a huge game. I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State, but it is at Michigan. So I like Michigan to take care of business against Indiana here, lay the 10 points. They're 6 and 1 against the spread in their last 7. Harbaugh statement game getting ready for Ohio for the big letdown probably. I like Michigan here. Do you have any thoughts on that, Dan? It's funny how much we disagree. Indiana <laughs> is another one of those teams that I really like this year. I don't know that I expect them to win, but I expect them to give Michigan a very difficult fight. Uh, Indiana has a top 15 home defense. Michigan does not have a great offense. If you're looking at the money lines in this game, you got plus 290 Indiana. I love it. I love it. Again, I'm not expecting it to win, but if it wins, I'm going to get paid, and I don't like Michigan at all. No, I, I especially don't like them on the road. Yeah, well, just if anyone can't tell who's listening, you love Moneyline underdogs. I do. I don't really like betting spreads as much because it just, just changes the way you watch games. You don't really root for winners and losers. I like to root for the winners and losers. All right, yeah, you're just a you're a big time win guy. Let's go to the next game. We got SMU at Navy. Navy is favored by three and a half. Um, the over under in this game is. Do you have that? Isn't it like seventy one or something? I think so. It's up there. It's okay, a, it's sixty seven. Sixty seven. SMU at Navy. The over under on that. Um, with this game, I don't. I'm not going to really touch the spread at all. But what I do love is the over. The over is hit in nine of SMU's last ten games. And then, I don't know. We haven't agreed much yet. But I'm. I love the money line dog here in SMU, going to play Navy. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it'll go over. Um, and yeah, I, I like the SMU. It's money line is plus one fifty. That's pretty good odds. And that's what I'm looking at at that game. The money line SMU and the over. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that SMU, believe it or not, has an offense that travels very well. Navy's home defense is nothing to really get that excited about. The problem with SMU's home, off, uh, their offense traveling well, is that they leave their defense behind. Which so lends itself to the over. I expect a shootout here. I expect it to hit the over. Although 67 is so high. Sometimes if you get a few blown drives in the first half, you're going to have a difficult time hitting that number. I don't really like this game. I think it's going to be close. So, I would probably bet the SMU money line. Money line dogs. Because oh! you're at least going to get paid if you win. Exactly. Um and then before we get into our best bets this episode or just our picks for this week on our boards, one last game we have, we have UCLA at USC. USC is favored by 14. The over-under is 65-and-a-half. I, I can't tell you how unexcited I am, weirdly, for a UCLA-USC game. It like just doesn't mean shit. But uh, is there any way you're leaning in this game at all, Dad? The only time it's ever appropriate in any sport to bet on the Bruins is when they are a huge dog because they perform well as a dog. So I like UCLA at plus 13 wow. and a half in this game. I don't like plus 375 money line. It's worth a shot. Um, on the other hand, I could see UCLA getting absolutely destroyed. Yeah. 
It's, it's, it's one or the other. Because um, I feel your point. UCLA will not destroy USC. Yeah. Well, and the thing is with UCLA, too, you're right. It's like if they are favored, they're going to blow it. But if they're a massive underdog. It doesn't they, matter. They, they it's true basketball or football. UCLA is terrible as a favorite. Yeah. They, yeah. Okay. So let's go into our picks this weekend. Mentioned this earlier. I love Illinois plus 15 and a half. I like the SMU money line plus 150. Michigan minus 10. I like Washington State minus 10 and a half. I've been betting on Washington State every weekend and I love it. I'm mainly the um, spread. So I like them to take care of Oregon State by at least 10 and a half points, maybe by a half point to get it to 10. Um, I like Oregon to be ASU by 14. I like the over in Memphis, South Florida. It's going to be over 59 and a half. I liked the Texas money line. Um, just kind of throw a rock out there, see if it hits something, because um, I don't believe in Baylor. And we talked about this earlier. I like the SMU Navy over. Um, Minnesota, I like them favored by 13 and a half or 14, depending on where you get it. They're playing Northwestern, and Northwestern sucks. And I think Minnesota's just going to be pissed off that they lost and beat the piss out of them. And then I did mention this earlier. I guess this isn't really a best bet, but... I do like the Clemson future at plus 275. All right, and let's give a look at Andrew's picks. Andrew has a teaser for us, big dog. He had, um, you're going to tease Minnesota to minus 8, Oregon to minus 8, Ohio State to minus 13, Georgia to minus 7.5, and, and Washington State to minus 4.5, and, and you get f- plus 425 odds on that. Now, Dad, the floor is yours. Are the dogs out? Are we letting the money line dogs out? I can't wait to find out. Take it away. Some of the dogs will come out. However, I'd like to start with the Spartans of San Jose State, minus seven at UNLV. San Jose State has been playing very well. San Jose State has been playing decently on the road. San Jose State is going to smoke UNLV unless their players spend too much time in the casinos the night before. It, wait, to quickly interject, isn't, am I, isn't San Jose's quarterback throwing for just a fuck ton this year? I'm not sure how they're winning, but they're winning. And they're putting up a lot of points. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. So I believe that's probably correct. Uh, I like the Golden Bears of California money line plus 105 at Stanford. Uh, I like minus four Virginia Tech at home against Pittsburgh. I like. Um, There aren't. There's a lot of games I'm staying away from this week. I would tell you I like Northwestern plus 14 at home against Minnesota. I expect Minnesota to have a letdown. I like Illinois plus 15. I like Illinois is worth a shot at the money line just because the payoff's so big. And I like the Cowboys of Wyoming at home minus six against the Rams of Colorado State. Okay, I like those. I have a quick question before we uh, end this segment um, because we didn't touch on this game, but we got Boise State-Utah State this weekend. It's Um, a a nine-and-a-half point line. What are you thinking about that? Well, I'm not thinking about the money line because Boise State is going to beat them. Yeah. Utah State is a good team. Um, They can make a lot of mistakes, though, I feel like, and they dig themselves into holes, and Boise might jump on them. But, again, Boise's gotten off to some really, really slow starts this year, so... I could see that happening and it being a close game, but I do agree that Boise State is going to win that game. Yeah, they will win the game, and it's nine and a half points. I mean, 
it's a tough one. I mean, they, they the guys they pay to set these lines, they pay them for a reason. Yeah. All right. Well, what's the other? Who's San Diego State playing? There was, they are playing at Hawaii, I believe, mm-hmm. and I believe they are a three-point favorite. I thought they were an underdog. If if San Diego State is a three-point dog at Hawaii, I am all over that. You like San Diego State? I like San Diego State. I like their quarterback. I like their program. They have some really good athletes on defense. They've been decent all year. Yeah, I like this. I like the Aztecs. Aztecs. All right. Well, Dad, thank you so much for coming on. We will start having you on more for your money line dogs. Off the top of your head, do you have anything for the NFL this weekend? Yes, of course I do. Let's hear there it. are some money line dogs I like on in the NFL. One would be. Let me just take a quick look here. I like the Washington Redskins at plus 165 at home against the Detroit Lions. I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 165 on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. I like the New York football Jets. Jets, (laughs) J-E-T-S, plus 150 at home against the Raiders. I like the Denver Broncos on the road at plus 170 against the Bills. So there's a lot of good money lines out there this week. The Packers plus 135 at the Niners is probably a decent bet, even though I don't want that to happen. Yeah. I uh, We'll talk about this. You'll hear this later in the pod. I kind of think the Niners are going to kick the shit out of the Packers because I think that the Niners, they lost that game to Seattle, and then they have that weird game to Arizona. I think the Green Bay has a terrible run defense, and is, if Breda's – I know he's questionable, but if they can get him and Coleman – and Mostert going, I do think they can run all over them because the other thing is the Niners' front line is going to make Rodgers' day miserable. That They're so damn good. And how quickly they've rebuilt. That I mean, that's a topic for another podcast, but the Niners' rebuild, is, it makes me so pissed off as like a Chargers fan who every, where every, everything goes bad. But, I mean, damn, the Niners look good. Niners look good. Other than that Carolina game, the Niners play close games. I would not expect a blowout in that game. I expect it to come down to the final few possessions. Um, the Chargers beat the Packers this year. How the fuck the did Chargers that happen? The beat the Packers this year. But, you know, the NFL is like that. Yeah. Anybody can beat anybody. Not really. I mean, the Dolphins can't beat anybody, but they beat somebody. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, Dad, thanks for coming on. Uh, again, this is the Pineapple Couch, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. I'm joined with Big Dog. We're going to go through some NFL headlines, the things everyone is talking about this week, and we're going to have to, unfortunately, start in a place that I don't like very much, Andrew. I think you know where we're headed. I do, unfortunately. So, uh... Philip Rivers, after a very bad Monday night game in which he threw four interceptions, he had three interceptions the week before, so it's seven in the last two weeks. First time he's ever done that in his career with three-plus interceptions two weeks in a row. Um, he's being labeled as washed. There, there are calls for benching him this year for Tyrod Taylor, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and effectively, what everyone's saying is that this is the end of Philip Rivers. Am I right? That's, That's what the rumor I'm hearing. They're comparing him to Eli Manning now. Yeah, he's so, the new Eli Manning. It, it sucks. Um, and I'm gonna go through a little of why this sucks so much because Philip Rivers is my favorite player of all time in any sport, not even close. And I'm gonna talk about why because I know everyone likes to make fun of Philip Rivers, but I really like 
he is just an incredible he has been an incredible person to root for these last 16 years so let's go through some of the things about philip rivers because it could be it for him and you know that's very sad to me you see the logo of this podcast we got phil on the couch so very important to us so i'm gonna go through some of the reasons that philip is so special so um some of the best moments per se when the chargers beat the broncos on monday night football to clinch a playoff spot after the Broncos were kind of falling, they had it. This was in like 2007, I think it was Christmas Eve, 2008, somewhere around there. Jay Cutler and Phil started talking shit, and Phil started fake crying at Jay Cutler and holding his and rubbing his uh, cheeks. I loved that. You just love the. I just love the way he talks shit without cussing. And to be considered one of the best trash talkers in the NFL without cussing is an art. Yes, it's a real talent. And, I, and so, like, another example of that would be when the Chargers lost to the Patriots in the playoffs and the Patriots players went to the Chargers or to midfield and started doing the Sean Merriman dance mm-hmm. to rub it in their faces. And you would expect, yeah, a lot of defensive players on the Chargers ran up and were yelling. Phillip Rivers was right in the middle of that. You want your quarterback to be competitive like that. You want everyone on your team to be like that. And you knew that Phil, even if he lost, he was going to go down swinging and it mattered to him. It mattered to him way more than it mattered to us, but he, he was so it was so fun to root for him. He brought you along on the ride. Um, another reason, another moment would be um, the ACL game in the playoffs when he played against the Colts, the Colts right? in the first half. He played with a torn ACL, and then he eventually had to come out, but he still they got the win, and that was just an all time heart moment. Because then they played, he played through he the played ACL, through the ACL against the, next the undefeated week Patriots. against the Patriots. Yeah. And I mean, Phil Rivers just heart of a champion. Love moments like that. Heart of a champion, but no championships, and that just sucks. So, uh, and then one last one to bring up, and this was last year. This was that comeback against the Chiefs on oh. Thursday Night Football. I mean, he was just dealing to Mike Williams, and when Phil's dealing down the stretch and he's yelling and he's fired up, I get fired up. I just, I just love him so, 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 so much. And then I'm gonna do a quickly, uh, just a little like. The, the evolution of Phillip throughout his career. So just to put it all in perspective, he comes in and he replaces Drew Brees. So he immediately has a giant target on his back, immediate pressure because Drew Brees is very likable. Everyone likes Drew Brees. LT likes Drew Brees. And so immediately it's this young kid who it's like they got rid of the guy everyone likes for. And so he immediately has that target on his back and he took it. He went with it. He was a great teammate. He took the pressure head on, and he played well, and he quickly won over everyone on that team. And you saw that as slowly as LT's career faded. LT, I love LT, but he started taking shots at the Chargers and saying things. And matter of a fact, it was he was pissed because it was becoming more of Rivers' team. And Phil never said a word. He was always a classy teammate. Never yells at his teammates. I mean, you see him getting fired up, but he treats everyone with respect. I mean, you hate to see the quarterbacks who just bitch out their offensive linemen. And the way that Phil's teammates act around him and look up to him, you could tell everyone genuinely loves him. I mean, so he deals with the end of LT. And then he goes through a really rough time with Mike McCoy, the end of North Turner, where they're teasing technically probably his physical prime and they just don't have the rosters to do anything or their special teams I was gonna say they're like in the league because right when he took over roughly like 2005 2006 ish they were really good 
And then they fire Marty Schottenheimer, so it screws yeah. everything up. But they had a lot of talent till 2009, 2010. And then when he's in his like prime, prime, their team sucked for four or five years. And then like the past two or three years, they kind of figured it out again yeah. with their picks. And it's just and it's, a shame they miss timing. Um, yeah. and then just like the little things about Phil, I mentioned the no cussing, but when we were younger, everyone used to make fun of Philip Rivers and me about look, look at the way he throws the ball. That's why I like him so much. Stuff like that, the way he's goofy, his funky throwing motion. It's just, in a, it's like he's like the common man out there. And that's just what With I love about him. Um, I mean, 229 consecutive starts, second to Brett Favre. Um, he beat Eli on that. Um, and so if this is the end of Phillip Rivers, that sucks. Um, I love you, Phil. Who knows if you're ever going to listen to the Pineapple Couch. One day we might have you on. Um, I just wanted to get that out there, just of a, a little tribute to Philip Rivers here. And I know Andrew, he he loves Philip. I don't think quite to my level because that would be a little concerning because I'm a little insane. But Philip Rivers, you you get so close to a quarterback, you have him for so long, sixteen years. You know, I people still butcher San Diego Chargers as a joke, and it's funny. But I think officially when he retires. They'll be move on to LA. Officially. It'll be it, he's the last thread really of them hanging on to San Diego. Um, so yeah, that that's how we're gonna go with that. That's a little Philip Rivers. We're gonna get into some other stuff, but we'll be right back. All right, let's get back into some happier headlines, other than the decline of my favorite player ever. So let's go and we'll go to the Ravens Texans game, which we kind of hyped up a lot last week, saying how much it would suck if. That game wasn't good, and that game wasn't good. At all. And the I took Ravens the Texans. smashed them. Lamar Jackson, a MVP. It was like an MVP game, kind of like. It's like the best performance the resume. ever. It was unbelievable. Um, the Texans looked terrible. Deshaun Watson played terrible. Their defense sucks. Um, I still think Houston is like probably going to get out of that division but now it's definitely a lot more up in the air between them and indianapolis because i was just kind of thinking that houston's offensive talent would win out and it's not and because they lost jj watt and then obviously tonight we'll find out yeah we're recording this on thursday um that's also that miss deandre hopkins pass interference call which would have been seven nothing texans early on yeah let's get into that i mean the could have changed something why do they put in this rule if I mean, that was so obvious. He tackled him. And so in (laughs) case you guys don't know what we're talking about, it was, I believe, in the first or second quarter, a third and eight or something that the Ravens threw a 40-yard pass into the – or the Deshaun Watson threw 40 yards to DeAndre Hopkins. He was going to get it. And the Ravens guy straight up just tackles him. They don't call P.I. Baltimore challenges. And then the refs don't overturn it. it. And so my question to you, Big Dog, is – are the refs just, like, stubborn or shall- in, like, a way they don't want to admit they're wrong? So they're like, fuck you, we're going to... I think a little bit. That's part of it because they're annoyed of how much, like, we're going to review pass interference now. we review anything now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think yeah, I'd be a little and angry. what's weird to add on to that is, so, you know, there's, on all the broadcasts, there's always that, like, Gene Serator, the ref, the ref an- analysis, an analyst, mm-hmm. you know? I've never really seen as much as I've seen this year of them just disagreeing with... Because yep. now that the refs can go look at it on these challenges, I've 
four or five, I mean, maybe ten times, seen, heard Gene Steratore or whoever they have go, well, that's wrong. I don't understand. So there's got to be some sort of way to fix this. I mean, maybe they get rid of the challenge, but that's just... I think I would just get rid of the challenge. They should get rid of the challenge because it ruins football in the way that every single time there's a long pass, you're like, Are, is this pass interference? Because pass interference arguably happens on every single play. Right. And then if you just give more people And there's no consistency between else. refereeing crews, and I think that's a problem, and I think it will be... It could potentially be a huge problem in the playoffs. If there is a close game in the fourth quarter and there's an obvious pass interference and the refs and the, and someone challenge it and the refs don't do it, then we're looking at I mean, at if a, that a happened in the playoffs last week, it would be the same thing as the Saints. Not nearly yeah. as bad, but it was obvious. The I, Someone said, I thought it was funny, was like, do you think they'd overturn the Saints one? <laughs> because, like, just some of these have been so egregious. Like, I know the Saints one was just really in your face, but that DeAndre Hopkins pass interference call. I think that just was unbelievable. But when it, we have not human to take away from yeah. the Ravens, though. They are they looking, destroyed them. They, they have a defense. Just, yeah, they're good. Ravens are so 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 legit. Um, I think now it's time to start thinking about instead of a uh, Chiefs Patriots AFC Championship game, it might be Ravens Patriots. And um, there's a shot it goes through Baltimore because they have the head to head. So the Patriots have a big. They're game only trailing one game, um, but they took care of business last week against Philadelphia. Um, let's go um, onto a quick side note here. I am addicted, addicted to the Rams. I can't stop. But, you know, it felt good on Sunday night. They take care of the Bears, boom. Go Rams, go. I, I hate myself for saying that. But I just can't stop betting on the Rams because every single time I see them playing someone, I just think about last year. I think about Sean McVay. And it worked last week. I mean, they're playing the Ravens coming up. And I'm stupid. I'm just letting everyone know. I, I'm not giving this out because I'm not gonna. I'm staying away from that game as far as public. I might bet on the Rams against the Ravens because I'm just addicted to the Rams. I'm sorry, it's just how I am. So um, to piggyback on that though, the Rams took care of business against the Bears. Is this the end of Mitchell Trubisky? We asked that last week, and I would say if Chase Daniel starts this week. He's done with the Bears because that was embarrassing what happened when Matt Nagy comes out, gives a such fake a douche. I mean, you bench the guy with, what, two, three minutes left yeah. in the game, and you say, yeah, his hip's been hurting for the past couple weeks, so that's why we do it. And it's like, come on. And the only reason you do that is prime time game. Like, it's kind of like a statement from Matt Nagy saying, hey, it's not my fault. Right. It's our bad quarterback, which if you've looked at the Bears play calling this year, it's yeah. Matt Nagy's fault. They, they don't throw the ball dumb. like further than and a then yard. The decisions he makes, he's just not a very good That's coach. Weak. After That's a weak move as a leader. Yeah, not a good leader. Just so weird that he won coach of the year last year. I just don't know what to make of it. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe this year's a fluke. I don't know. Let's go quickly through a couple other things before we get into this weekend's games. The Vikings comeback against the Broncos. The Vikings are look like, I mean, even though that was pathetic that they fell to the Broncos like that, I don't even really care about the Broncos side of this. I really care about the Vikings because the Broncos are kind of irrelevant and I hate them. Um, <laughs> the Vikings, when you, well, this is a little teaser because we're going to talk about the playoff preview in a second, but the Vi that was a huge comeback when the Vikings and Packers are going to be, are the only two teams really left in the NFC North because the Lions and Bears are done. What do you make of the Vikings? What do you make of Kirk Cousins, their offense? Is it, are we just going to feel stupid in the playoffs again? Yeah, I don't think much has changed for me, but it was impressive to see because I was kicking myself 
not betting on the Broncos because we talked about it and we liked it. You like the money line, and they're up twenty to nothing. It's ninety nine percent chance teams when they have yeah. twenty nothing lead, halftime they win, and then the Vikings are just a better team, and the Broncos yeah, can't the Broncos score. Suck. So it's like, so yeah. I mean, I think it's like they had to if they would have. Okay, here's a take. So if that would have been just like a close game the whole game, and the Vikings win by one, it looks like it's a totally different storyline coming out of this game it's like oh my god the vikings barely beat the broncos but because they fell behind so much and mm-hmm. then came back it kind of like shields them from the fact that exactly you what kirk cousins broncos. does he does just enough to keep yeah. the job to trick everybody but i do think they will make the playoffs but uh because of I yeah, they have a, they're eight and two eight and three right yeah, now they're, very they're, good. they're good so um let's go to a rumor antonio brown apologized to Robert Kraft on Instagram today, and it is a rumor from some Boston radio station or something I saw on Twitter that Jonathan Kraft, Robert Kraft's son, had contacted Antonio Brown and said, if you want to come back to us, you have to publicly apologize to Robert Kraft. And the reason that I think this is so, that this is actually plausible, Antonio Brown coming back this year, is because the Patriots offense hasn't looked great. I mean, they're winning. And I would take the Patriots offense coming as a Charger fan, but they do need more playmakers out there. It's a lot of pressure on Edelman right now, and Gronk is not coming back. He's throwing a Super Bowl party in Miami where he's (laughs) just going to be drinking for three days. I love you, Gronk. Um, What do you think, like, if you had to put a percentage on it, what are the odds AB comes back to the Pats? I would say, honestly, like 70%. Yeah, I was going to say 65 Because this is what the Patriots do. They showed it was like, if you screw around and you don't follow our rules, we'll kick you out. We have no problem doing that. But like you said, they're losing their playmakers. They released Josh Gordon a couple weeks ago. Not Mohamed Sanu and Dorsett didn't practice yesterday. And they just haven't looked mm-hmm. and like Patriots. The other, but this is what they always do around yeah, this the, time. The other part of this is that so Antonio Brown had his meeting with the league last Thursday. And apparently, from what has come out about it, it went well, and it doesn't seem like he is going to be punished so that does if if they clear all that up and he is innocent, fuck yeah, I'm getting Antonio. I'm taking Brown. Antonio Brown this. I second. mean, I think, I think he's going to go back. I think it's going to happen. Tom Brady liked the Instagram of mm-hmm. like five Patriots liked the Instagram that Antonio Brown posted apologizing to Kraft. I think he wants to come back. I think he's finally realizing, oh fuck. And I want this because I have him in a lot of fantasy teams, and that would be fucking awesome. And even this one game he played, he has a touchdown. He looked great. So yeah, I mean. He's, You can't deny his talent. Um, One last thing I want to get into before we get into the playoff picture is that 49ers cover. Um, I had 49ers minus six and a half. (laughs) They're up three. Arizona has the ball. They're driving, trying to like throw like a a last minute. They're up like four or something. And I have six and a half. And the Arizona's just trying to go for a last second touchdown where they run like a hook and ladder and pitch it around. And then they fumble it. And then they're a, instead of just falling on it in the game ending and me not covering, they kick it more and a 49er picks it up and scores. So if you had the 49ers last week like I did, we all should say a thank you to the football gods because that was a blessing and that was an early Christmas present. That will not happen again. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then get into the playoff picture. And then we will get into NFL week, what are we, week 12 now? Week 12. Ugh. That is very sad. All right, we'll be right back on the Pineapple Couch. All right, we are back on the Pineapple Couch. We're going to take a quick look 
at the playoff picture before we get into this weekend's games. Um, we're going to start with the NFC, and I did a little ranking of it of like who I think is going to make the playoffs. Um, so when you look across the board, you got in the West, three teams are technically alive. You got the 49ers and Seahawks, who seem like locks for the playoffs, which I would agree with. You got the Rams, who are still alive. In the North, you basically just have the Packers and Vikings. East, you got the Eagles and Cowboys, and with those two teams, whereas the Packers and Vikings could potentially both make it in, I only see one team coming out of the NFC East, and the Eagles or Cowboys. And then you look at the South, and you have the Saints, and we had the Panthers playing around for a little, but it appears that they might be dead after getting the shit kicked out of them by the Falcons. Unbelievable. Four Do or die game, and they... Four picks for um, Kyle Allen, yeah. so he finally shows what his true colors may be. Just um, another Allen. Yeah, so right now, Andrew, I want to hear your reaction to this ranking I have of what I think the playoffs will be. So I'm going to have the 49ers getting the one seed. The Saints are going to get the two seed. Packers get the three seed. Eagles get the four seed, beating out the Cowboys for that last playoff spot. And then you're going to have the Seahawks in the fifth seed with the first wild card, and then the Vikings getting the second wild card. How do you feel about that? I would feel very confident in that. What do you think is going to be the NFC Championship? The NFC Championship. Um, pick your winner right now, too. Who's going to win the NFC? I think the NFC answer. Championship is going to be 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers, and I believe the 49ers will go to the Super Bowl. You think the Packers? Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to fuck some people in this playoffs. I think it's going to be wow. crazy. So I think those – I'm not saying – like I, I get like the Seahawks and Saints look – like, you can make it but I think Aaron Rodgers, we're about to see just. That's not. funny because I would check. I still think the Saints are going to go to the Super Bowl, which is actually their plus two fifty and the favorites as of now to get to the Super Bowl. Yes, to win the NFC. Okay. The Niners are plus three hundred and the Packers plus four fifty. Okay, so they're all right around there. But I still just think the Packers, like I've said before, they just tricked us. I don't think they're as good. They play close games. This is a big week for them if they could beat the Niners. Yeah. But. See, I'm about to totally contradict myself with my next. Well, actually, no. I said the Niners are going to win the NFC. Um, quickly though, before we move on to the AFC, I do think that we are. I mean, this week is going to be huge for the Rams. They're going to play the Ravens. Mm-hmm. If the Rams can somehow beat the Ravens, them versus the Vikings for the last playoff spot could be interesting. I like the Rams. <laughs> I mean, probably pretty good odds right now. It'd be eight and four if they won this week, right? Yeah. Um, so let's go to uh, the AFC playoff picture. When you look at it, the AFC West, you have um, Kansas City and Oakland. North, you have Baltimore, Cleveland. East, New England, Buffalo. South, Colts and Texans. I guess the Jaguars are technically alive in Titans, but for the purpose of this, I really think the Colts and Texans should be the only ones considered. Andrew, what uh, does anything stand out to you about those contenders? Is it bad that I want to trust John Gruden and the Raiders to possibly win the AFC West? Ooh, regular season. Yes. So not just the Raiders getting a wild card. Because I think they still play two more times. They play one more time. One more time. Mm -hmm. And if they win this week, they both be 7-4. and And I like the momentum for the Raiders right now, honestly. Yeah, and I I mean, the Chiefs by no means have looked good. They They don't have a defense, though. They still don't have a defense. And, and the they Chargers should have lost to the freaking Chargers. We don't want to talk about it, but we understand. Yeah, so um, I that's probably pretty good odds. Um, the Raiders, though, I think are really – like I, I really think they're going to get a wild card spot. 
Um, looking at the North, I think Baltimore is going to be the two seed, probably them in New England. I mean, there's a shot. Baltimore gets the one seed, but I think those are going to be your one and two seeds. With um, I like your belief in John Gruden, but I still think the talent of Pat Mahomes wins out. Do you rather have John Gruden or Andy Reid? That's such a good question. That's a tough question right now. Because let me let me break down my thought process in that question. John Gruden, I would go to war for. Yes. Uh, that dude, I love that man. He seems like just such a quality dude. And Andy Reid seems like a good dude, too. I Andy Reid, his offensive play calling would just be freaking awesome. That would be awesome to have. But he still makes Andy Reid decisions. And John Gruden, is, there's just something about him. I'm going to say John Gruden, even though it's probably stupid, and I should probably say Andy Reid. But, hey, John Gruden has a Super Bowl. Andy Reid doesn't. Um, so let's look at this. So I think... Let me break down how I think the AFC will work out for you, big dog. So, as I said, New England and Baltimore are the first two seeds. Kansas City is going to hold off Oakland for that three seed. And then this next part is tough because I do think, because we're looking at the AFC South, who's going to get the fourth seed in the AFC playoffs. Colts and Texans, obviously that game is happening tonight, so we're going to get a lot more answers about that. I don't really know, I'm, but if I, I'm not comfortable. Like, I wouldn't bet on the future on one of this, but... If I had to bet, I'd bet on Houston's offense maybe winning out and getting that. Um, I think T.Y. T- Hilton's out tonight, too, as well. Uh, okay. So And, I mean, just the talent. When you have DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson. And Bill Will O'Brien, Fuller, figure it out, you know, dude. Bill O'Brien's an idiot. That, that might be the reason. Um, and then, so, those four winning their divisions, you have a collection of teams available for the two wildcard spots. Um, as we mentioned, I think the Raiders will be one of those teams. And right now, I have the... Buffalo Bills as the sixth team, but there are two teams that will be in the mix as well. It would be whoever doesn't get into the AFC South out of the Colts and Texans, and then also the Browns. The Browns are a little sneaky. They have an easy schedule. No one remembers that they actually beat the Steelers because Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph over the head with a helmet. Thursday night is going to be so boring tonight without that. Um, (laughs) But so, yeah, there are teams in the mix in the AFC. Andrew, how do you feel about – the Browns, Raiders, Bills, that, like, threesome. Well, I would definitely put the Raiders in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put the Bills in there, but for the Browns, they do play the Dolphins this week. Two games against the Bengals, one against the Cards. That should be four wins, realistically, but it's Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. And then they play the Steelers and Ravens. So yeah, I'm there still going to go be with a the huge Bills. game in Week 17. It might not be that important for Baltimore. I mean, maybe depending on trying to get the one seed, it might. But the Browns could be in a position in Week 17 if they can beat the Ravens or something. They're in. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could get there before that though, because we mentioned how easy that schedule is. All right, let's get into <clears throat> NFL Week 12. I am excited. I hope you are too, Big Dog. Always excited for that. Um, we're going to start it off by just going through some of the games, and then we will get into our best bets. We'll start it off with the Seahawks at the Eagles. The Eagles are favored by a point. The over-under is 48. This is a huge game for the Philadelphia Eagles. It is a huge game for the Seahawks if they are trying to catch the 49ers. What, where are you leaning on this game? Because we haven't, we've been sitting next to each other preparing, but we haven't really talked to each other about any of these games. How do you see this game going? We'll have a stat that maybe I'll sway Ooh, you with here. We need like some sort of alert we can put in. We'll work on that. We'll work okay. on that. Andrew will have an alert for a stat. But maybe I can sway you, though, because the Seahawks are last five games. 5-0 and oh straight up on the road. Ooh. It's 
It's only plus one. I'm going to go with the Seahawks because I still think the Eagles are a mess. Mm-hmm. Right I lean Seahawks as well. And if the, the only thing, like the Eagles, I did say how big of a game this is. The good thing they have going for them is that the Cowboys are playing the Patriots this week. So it is not the end of the world if the Eagles lose. I agree with you. I would lean Seahawks. However, I am probably going to stay away from this game. Um, let's go to the next game. Cowboys at Patriots. America's two teams <laughs> duking it out. The Patriots are favored by six and a half points. The over-under is 45 and a half. Um, I really like the Patriots in this game for this reason, and I it's obvious. It's Bill Belichick is way better than Jason Garrett. Um, Dak Prescott, I think, right, is having a great season, but he's getting so much praise this week. And I do think that there's a little sense from the Patriots of like there are now it's like the second or third week in a row of the Patriots. Their offense isn't very good. Their defense wasn't as good as we thought it was. Blah, 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 blah. I can't bet on the Cowboys or a Jason Garrett led team against Bill Belichick. So I like Pat's minus six and a half. Andrew. I don't know if I like minus six and a half, but obviously the Patriots are going to win. I think it's like 27-21, that right there. And just a couple stats for you. Well, Cowboys. fuck, I lose by a half point in that scenario. I know. We that's just what I think is. No, that's, that's how my <laughs> brain works. Cowboys three and two straight up on the road last five games. Mm. So minus six and a half is the game's never really yeah. over with that. And they do have talent, but they have Jason Garrett. And then the Pats, you know, yeah, it's it's, it's a funky line against the spread. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, can you, what was that last one? They were seven and three against the spread this the year. Pats, okay. Um, interesting. That'll be a great game. Hopefully, um, one of the Seahawks, Eagles, and Cowboys, Patriots can provide a great game for us because last weekend that Ravens Texans game was such a letdown. Um, next game, you got the Packers traveling. To, oh my gosh, this is a freaking great game as well. Um, Packers traveling to San Francisco to play the 49ers. The 49ers coming off a victory against the Cardinals, and then the week before they lost to the Ravens. 49ers are favored by three at home, so they're saying it would be a pick in a neutral field, and the over-under in this game is 48 points. You start us off on this one, Andrew. What do you like in this game? How do you see it playing out? Well, does the line change if George Kittle's healthy? Because right now it's only minus three. And I would take the minus three. But if George Kittle gets there, it just gets to four and a half. Yeah, I think it gets to four and a half. And right now, so take the minus three right now. It's an even field, and they just get the three because they're home. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I love the 49ers minus three right here. I think that uh, the Niners really want to win their division. Obviously, Brian. But the Seahawks are on their tail. They just beat them, so they already have the Seahawks have the tiebreaker so far. The Niners, I think, are going to be able to beat the Packers. The Packers lost to the Chargers. And, and the Niners have a really tough schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. Like their last, we've went over it, and then this is just the start of it. So yeah, and one thing they better get going. I really like is I don't think Green Bay's run defense is very good, and I know that San Francisco's rushing attack is it's great. So um, obviously George Kittle's health will be a big factor, but I mean, I even if they don't have him, I do like the Niners minus three. You got guys like Emmanuel Sanders who hopefully can get more involved. Jimmy G has been looking okay but i still i still trust him i don't know if i trust him in january but right now i do trust him to take care of business against the packers at home i like the niners there minus three let's go to the last game of the big games that we're going to be talking about 
and then we'll get into our best bets, and we'll talk about those games throughout that. But um, you got the Ravens at the Rams on a Monday night. Um, the Ravens are favored by three and a half, over under forty six and a half. Fuck! I just wish I wasn't addicted to the Rams <laughs> because it just. Part of my head is saying, like, well, obviously you take the Ravens minus three and a half. This line's a joke. But then the other part of me is like, Rams. Then go eight and four. Rams. They're at home on Monday night. Ah, so freaking. I, I, as of right now, I am staying away from this game. The smart, I feel like the, the smart people are like, okay, jump on the Ravens at minus three and a half. Jump on the minus three and a half. If everyone's jumping on the Ravens minus three and a half. Maybe I go opposite. I go home sweet home to my Rams. How's that worked out for you? I mean, last hey, week it worked. It worked out well last okay. week. It did. I um, remember that. I think the Ravens. Uh, see, I'm about to tell you that I think the Ravens are going to win pretty easily, but I'll fucking end up betting on the Rams. The Rams can't score, man. They haven't scored in the past two or three weeks. And in fact, the under for the Rams has hit in the last five games. I think I've bet on the over in like three of those. Games. I'm such a fucking idiot. <laughs> Thinking it's last year. Um, okay, so that, I mean that's going to be a good game. Monday Night Football, lean Ravens, but probably will stupidly bet on the Rams. Let's get into best bets, Andrew. Um, do you want? Can I go first, or do you want to go first? You can lead us off. All right, I'll lead us off. I'm going to start with the Broncos at Bills game. I have the Bills minus four. I know the Broncos played the Vikings close last week, but I think that the um, it's in Buffalo, tough place to play. Broncos have a young quarterback. Even though, I know Josh Allen's young, but I think Josh Allen's better than Brandon Allen in the matchup of the Allens. I love the Bills minus four. Bills at home. Bills mafia. That's how I'm going to start it off. Um, and a side note, Andrew, I'm taking actually – I have five best bets this week because I'm – in the last two weeks, I'm my record's two and four. So I'm trying to get to above 500 here, so I'm going to give you a couple. My next one, we talked about this, so I'll just say it. 49ers minus three. I like that. That's the best bet. So we have Bills minus four, 49ers minus three. Next one we have is Raiders minus three. The Raiders are playing at the Jets. I think this is a stupid – I mean, I think it should be Raiders minus six and a half, right? Yeah, the Raiders are way better than the yeah, Jets. Yeah, so I think the Raiders take care of business against the Jets. I do like the Raiders minus three a lot. Um, next one I have is the over in the Bucks falcons game. Over 51.5 points. Both of these teams' defenses are suspect, especially Atlanta. But Atlanta's offense has shown life lately, and the Bucks always seem to score a lot of points. Over 51.5. I like that. And you're in a dome. And we're in a dome. Great point, big dog. Um, and then lastly, because it's worked out pretty much all the time except that one time against the Ravens, Pats minus 6.5. You're not going to lose. You're not going to go broke betting on the Pats. Maybe you'll lose a couple times, but I do think they'll actually take care of the Cowboys by more than six and a half. So to recap that, I got the Bills minus four against the Broncos. I got the 49ers minus three against the Packers. The Raiders minus three against the Jets. The Bucks Falcons over 51 and a half points. And the Pats minus six and a half. Big Dog, take it away. So I... Also have both Bay teams. I have minus three, Oakland against the Jets. Taking the Niners at home because I think George Kittle is going to play, and then it's going to jump to four and a half, five and a half, and then it's a little too scary with Aaron Rodgers. And then on Monday night, I'm finally doing it. I'm going to take the greatest player of all time. 
minus hey, three and a half. I've watched, <laughs> I've watched the Rams not score. Lamar Jackson only three and a half points. He's taking Lamar Jackson. Do you think Lamar Jackson would be the best player in the NBA? Yeah, he'd probably be. He's probably a better shooter than Curry, honestly. No, uh, yeah. He's got that touch. And then, yeah. Man, I cannot believe I thought Patrick Mahomes was better than him. I'm such an idiot. That's ridiculous. And also, so I'm just saying, that. and I was just being sarcastic there. Um, Baker Mayfield, he's going to make the playoffs this year. Wouldn't that be fun? And yay, hey, Eric, week 17, Baker Mayfield's going to stuff it to Lamar Jackson again to take that 2-0 and on the season. Undefeated against Lamar. All right, side note, Big Doug, sorry to steal the show. Back to you. Finally, I've got a teaser for you all this week. It's a three-team. So we're going to go to Philadelphia, but we're going to take the Seahawks, and it'll be plus seven. Carolina, they are, it would be plus 16 against the Saints. And then I'm going to take minus half point for the Patriots, and that's plus 150 odds. So to recap everything, we've got the Raiders minus three. The Niners minus three. The Ravens minus three and a half on Monday night. And then the teaser is Seattle plus seven, Carolina plus 16, and the Patriots minus half point for plus 150 odds. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Big Dog. It is a pleasure as always. Thank you to Christo for coming on as well. This has been the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't. You can find us on iTunes. Um, and then, again, we're still trying to do voicemails. So if you do want to send us any voicemails about maybe just a sports take or a take on something we said or really anything you want to talk about, you can send that to me on Twitter, at Brob Stark. You can send it to Andrew, at Mr. Daug. And then you can also send it to Alex, who does our NBA shows on Mondays, at Alexander Cantor. Again, thanks for listening to The Pineapple Couch. I'm B-Rob. Thank you, Big Dog. We'll see you next week. Thank you.